Some of this might make it to the outtakes reel. <laughs> <laughs> we do have an outtakes reel program. Go, because these cocktails are going to arrive very soon. Yeah, go for it. We're sat in the Mexico district, one of our favourite local Mexican bars, and uh, we're very excited because this evening we have two things to look forward to. The first is the sampling of a new cocktail, the Bulldog. Yes, we are very, very excited about a, a, a cocktail that is named after us. I believe that's why they called it the Bulldog, yes. yes. Um, and the second reason is we are going to review one of our favourite books. I mean, I, it's certainly my favourite book. I don't know about you. Yes, when you recommended it to me, it almost immediately shot into my uh, at least top 20. But we're not... No, it's, it's top five. It's top five. It's, 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 a, it's a monumental book, fundamental book for me. The title of that book is Metropole, or the original Epepe. That's the Hungarian. It was translated from Hungarian in 2008 but it was written in 1970. And remind us who the author is? Ferenc Carinthi. Okay. It's very difficult to get hold of. It is, it is. And we're, not, we're not sat here alone. We actually have two very silent people staring at us while we're talking. Uh, Which was the original name? Pepe. It was called Pepe because that was the one of the names of the, the, the female character. Yeah, yeah. Because he never, he never knows her name, does he? I thought it was a Hungarian word that meant anything else. Um, I don't believe it might be a Hungarian word, but I thought it was his misinterpretation of the name. Yeah. But we'll get we to already, that. We are already headlong into our See, that's, conversation. That's, that's the passion that this book draws out of people. They can't wait to discuss it. He hasn't even introduced himself, and already he's asking about the meaning of words. Okay, would you, would you like to actually identify yourself? What's your name? Where'd you come from? Hello, my name is Ignacio and I'm 22 years old. I'm a Spanish student. I study veterinary medicine here in Zaragoza. And I like philosophical and peculiar books like uh -huh. this one that you recommended me. Yeah, so this is your type of book. You read this, this kind of thing normally? Yeah, I really enjoy this kind of books like dystopian books, uh -huh. and philosophical. Dystopian, good word. Right, okay. I've been teaching him well. So <laughs> <laughs> and the other voice that you've not heard yet belongs to... To Natalia. I'm just going to say about myself that I, I like describing myself as a reading addict. Mm -hmm. I like chewing up books. Everything I'm writing is given to me. So I've, I've read in like a month. Yes, yes. Months, you, you devour she is, them. She, yeah. Yeah, they say she chews them up. She's wow. picked that off me, you see that phrase. Yeah. She is a bookworm. Wow. So Ben, do you want to give uh, people a little? Here, our cocktail's been shaken up. Uh, <laughs> do you do you want to give the people at home a little bit of an introduction to the book, or a, a quick summary of the beginning of the story, so we don't provide any spoilers? Uh, Buddha is on the way to a conference, and he he, uh, he gets waylaid. He loses his way, and he ends up in a place that he doesn't know or recognise, and he has to survive using his 
linguistic skills and he's consistently finding new challenges and new uh, obstacles. That he doesn't recognise any of the sounds, any of the written words, any of the customs around yeah. him. I think he doesn't recognise any kind of uh, face or people or... Even he, as he can't, he can't yeah. communicate. He can't communicate yeah. in any way. I think one one of the words I think uh, the adjectives that's best to describe this book is claustrophobic. I think it has this really this sense yeah. of kind of putting you into a, a, a position you can't get out of. You're cornered. You're stuck. But it's almost like he's completely ignored. Anywhere he goes, mm -hmm. he's ignored. Yeah. No one speaks to him. Looks at him. Except that one moment, which we're not going to talk about, but there's that one moment when he gets acknowledged. And I don't know about you, but when I read that, my heart nearly stopped beating. I think I think you can interpret what happens in different ways. There's hope and false hope. Some people might think that it ends in a, in a with a glimmer of positivity, and then people like yourself. What did you think about the ending? Do you think that there was? I'm used to read pessimistic books because I'm I'm a Lovecraft fan. Uh huh. So, I didn't. I don't think the ending is very optimistic, from my point of view. So you thought he was doomed from the start. You did, even before you picked up the book, as I, a pessimist. I had, I had some hope uh -huh. while I was reading it, but when I got to the end, I realized there was there is no no way of escaping from the reality he's being brought to. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that reality? What do you think? What, what is the book about? There are different <coughs> topics and themes they talk in the book, but one of them is uh, a man whose main skill is to be able to communicate with anyone on the earth because he knows like 20, I think they say he knows 20 languages in oh. the book. So he loses the, the main skill he has, he loses it completely. So he can't speak to anyone, he can't understand anyone. No one looks at him, no one pays attention to him. I would go. I would say I, it's like I, I totally, isolation. Yeah, isolation is definitely mm. the, the watchword for the uh, the book. But I would go one step further and say it's not just about having his being robbed of his skill. Um, this skill he has, this this um, what he's known for, is also his identity. Yeah, he yeah. he is he is stripped systematically stripped of his identity. Because, not only because he can't do what he is best at, but what he is best at fundamentally is. Is communicating, and in this book, you very quickly realised you are inside the mind of a man who is alone. And um, also, it's interesting you mentioned that his identity, because I think if if you do uh, further reading and you do read it in the context of the Hungarian uprising, which is what it was uh, metaphorically about, uh, that you you see that part of his identity was his class. As as a um, as a linguist, he's middle class. And he loses that identity during his experiences, and he becomes part of the proletariat, uh, which is obviously relevant to the the, the, the political uh, message. But you don't need to read that. You don't need to know that to enjoy the story. I didn't know that. Okay. Well, what did you think, Daniel? How would you describe the book? Well, as it, what you said about would I losing his identity in a first, if I was reading like a thirty-first pages and. He loses his identity, he's not anymore a linguist because he can't communicate with anyone, he, he can't, he not even with, the, with mimics, he can't recognize anyone or he can't even recognize uh, like a, a, a predominant skin color and mm -hmm. 
like that feeling of loneliness and being lost puts me like anxiety. I'm really anxious within those first 30 pages, and I, th I, I thought. I don't know if I can cope with this. I don't know if I can finish this book if it's all this. That is an excellent description of the power of this book. This book really gets under your skin very quickly. It, it, it plays with base human uh, paranoia and fear of isolation. Um, I want to see, this one of the scenes that stood out for me, and I, it's still very vivid in my mind, is where he, there's a rising panic he has. And he tries to calm himself by being rational, by being sensible, by thinking of a solution. And he spends a morning in a bookshop. And by the time he's left the bookshop, he's utterly broken because he has basically looked in every book in that shop and cannot identify a thing. Yeah. That's Nothing not... makes any sense to him. We just hold the thought for a second because here comes our bulldog drinks. Wow. This is, it's amazing. Here we go, we have four bulldogs being brought to the table. What, what is in this cocktail? This is a work of art. <laughs> I told you, you don't want to drink it, except you do want to drink it, because it's amazing. I expected him to get more uh, panicked than he actually gets. Now, yes, what, what would you think about it? Because Ignacio is quite de determined in saying that, uh, that the character remains very pragmatic. Well, I, I think... For a long time. Yeah, that's, that's true. And, and I think you need that as a reader. You need him to not lose it. And it draws out the agony of, of him losing his identity. Um, but also, I, I guess, in one way you can rationalise it as him being an academic person, and he uses rationale and logic to try and cope with the situation. Um, he uses his linguistic skills, obviously. But every time he tries to uh, counter this new universe that he's in, this new place... Uh, it kind of it comes at him from a different angle. I mean, at first he has the language barrier. Then there's his literal identity through his passport, uh, his money, um, all of these things, and to the point where he just has nothing left. I don't know if I actually answered your question. <laughs> <laughs> you see, but, but Natalia, Natalia has, has a slightly different opinion. You you yeah. you focus very much on there's that period of the book where he does effectively lose his shit. Yeah, he he, 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 he gives up. He gives up for a period of time, doesn't he? Yeah, becomes the beast. Yeah, that's the sign that he, he just doesn't know. He runs the resort, he runs out of money, he runs out of everything. And he like he gets absorbed by the by the world he's he's landed in. He's, he gets absorbed by the society. He becomes part of it. Yeah, like, but I didn't say he didn't get absorbed or he didn't um, um, give up. I said I didn't say you didn't say. <laughs> what I meant is that he he doesn't get panicked and starts screaming and running away and I no, know getting run over by a car something like that. <laughs> Can, can the listeners yet detect that there is a, a degree of sibling rivalry on that side of the table? I don't think we've mentioned that you're brother and sister yet, actually. No, I wanted it to be eked out in the way they spoke to each other. And there you go, it came out there delightfully. Uh, would, you say, would you say that uh, this book is something that um, people could get into very easily, despite being a second language? It's, it's not a... Uh, as a as a language challenge, it's not it's not a difficult ask, is it? No, it's, it's the psychological impact yes. of the book. It, it's more it's more the message than the way. It's the ideas. Yeah. yeah, it's a very easy vocabulary. It's very easy to understand. So some of the ideas. It's not a challenge. Reading it is not a challenge. I think the challenge is understanding it, or 
just understanding how it makes you feel. Yes, maybe, or, or like yeah. processing it. Yeah, because as we as we said, you know, you can interpret the ending in different ways. And do notice, by the way, I always tell you that words are important. And notice how yeah. Ben couched his question to Ignatius earlier on. He said, you know, you can interpret the ending in different ways. He says some people see a glimmer of hope. That kind of gives us a little bit of an indication as to how Ben interprets the end of this book. He doesn't see much positivity well, in I, the outcome. I think it's interesting <laughs> that you say that you, you, came in, you came to the book as a pessimist, as you still are. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> may, maybe that's uh, shaded your interpretation of the book. I, I, I came to the book, I started reading it as somebody that lives in a foreign country. So... What was your experience as a language learner reading this book? How did, is there anything that you can identify with, like these experiences? Yes. Do you remember when we changed our school and we went to the bilingual school and didn't know any, almost any English at all? I felt so lost in English class. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was quite a shock because we were very young and we were changed to another school and they, everyone spoke English very good and we, didn't, we had a very weak base. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, well, so is there something in this book which captured or reminded you of the essence of that sensation, that, that fear of isolationism, yes. or isolation, it was, being isolated? Oh my yes. God, that's cotton it's good. <laughs> it was the moment of the homework when our teacher said, told us the homework and I was so scared of not understanding it and I was like... Yeah, but I felt more um, identified. No, I felt I, more... Um, I identified, identified more, yeah. when I was... I was in Cornwall, in England, ah, yes. uh, for one month, staying with... Well, yes, it, it, all right, no, no problem with this disclosure. Um, yes, Ignacio <laughs> stayed with uh, one of my legion of sisters, um, who is a vet. Um, so I stayed there for a month, and that's the only experience where I've been completely surrounded for one month of English-speaking people, non-Spanish speaker, I mean. Uh -huh. So I didn't speak any That's Spanish. not true. My sister could say sangria. <laughs> she said, she said chili sangria frequently. No, no. She, said, she said chili con carne, but she didn't know that it was Spanish. <laughs> because she read that on a, on a can. Chili con carne is, 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 a, uh, is, a, is, a, is a meal. Yeah. That, uh, we, uh, we refer to it by its title. We just call it chili con carne, yeah. And uh, to be fair, to be fair, it didn't, it, I didn't know it was Spanish. Until I moved to Spain, because <laughs> I never studied Spanish. The point is, um, that's the first experience I had like that, and it was difficult because you realize, in that moment, you realize you don't speak English as good as you thought you speak. You spoke. Okay. And it's a challenge. It's not like being Buddhist in a completely different world, but has uh, have you ever been experienced that feeling that? Buddha has. Oh yeah, I, I came, I came, came to here? Spain with zero Spanish. Likewise. I mean, I, I, I didn't speak a I, I used no, to say no, hola no. instead of uh, hola. <laughs> <coughs> um, but yeah, I used, to, I used to spend a lot of time walking around the streets. I think one of the best ways to get to know a place is just to walk around it, right? See who helps you when you're crying. But I got lost. <laughs> I, got, I got lost so many times. And I genuinely had these, these horrible moments of panic where I don't know where I am. I don't know how to ask people for directions, <laughs> and I don't know, even if I was asking for directions, I wouldn't know where to ask, where to go to, and understand the answer. Didn't so, find that 
liberating in any way. It was, it was terrifying, was it? It was, yeah, it was terrifying. <laughs> I didn't feel liberated. I, I felt liberated of my wallet when I walked into the wrong area. You know? um, no, I, it, was, it, it made me stronger as a person in the long run, but at the time it was absolutely horrifying. The only experience I can, I can attest to in, that, in that, exp- that way, I mean, coming to Spain was one thing, but I was a bit more prepared for it because I had lived for a very short while in Japan. And um, I was in a dark place. You know, I'd been I'd been royally and roundly dumped by my uh, my then girlfriend, who w- had used my trip away to go live and work in Japan for a short while as uh, an excuse to make a break without having to deal with the fallout. Okay. Um, clever, clever, classic, classic manoeuvre. <laughs> yeah. Well, she even encouraged me to take the job. She said, "You should go. Yeah, to do that. You like teaching Japan? Yeah, do it. You're dumped." <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't notice when she was packing your bags for you but that something was up. But so obviously I was in an emotionally difficult place to begin with. Um, but I, I had some of that experience that Budai has. You know, um, the keyboards were all in Japanese characters, not in yeah. not English yeah. characters. Um, you know, when you're in Europe to a degree, you can you go to different countries and at least we've got the same alphabet and the same numbers. And, all yeah. that. and suddenly, no, wherever I went... There was, n- there was no clue as to what a shop might have within it because I, there was no reference. There's also an, a, a, another point more, more further in the book. I'm not going to mention it, but also made me, made me think he has changed a lot mm. since the beginning of the book. How he behaves with other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's not... He's lo- he's lo- he, he has lost all apathy. Yeah, with apathy and empathy. Yeah, empathy. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's a, that's a very for. accurate description. There is certainly by the as you as you go into the um, the final third of the book, it is almost as if he has been he is he is content with the fact he has been stripped yeah. of social convention. Now, if you look at this from the political perspective, he is being oppressed to the point that his identity has been removed it's and being squeezed is, out of him. Yeah, he's yeah. he's behaving. He's marching to somebody else's tune. He's behaving in a way as the book yeah, yeah. <laughs> towards the end, which no spoilers. Um, <laughs> well, to be fair, you have mentioned there is this political parallel. The book is about the 1956 Hungarian uprising, yeah. and so so it, it's not really giving anything away to say that there is this major event in the last third of the book. He is effectively caught up in uh, a mass political protest, which turns into. Uh, uh, a violent uprising which is visibly and forcibly crushed With it, there's also in the background of all of this which I think I think is a, a very interesting very visual very poignant linchpin in the book is the the tower the the, relig- the religious aspect well I saw it's the skyline that is being built right next to this hotel and he, he sees he watches it and comes there the number of floors every time he goes out and he goes back to the hotel and I, I could see that the tower only grows when he's when he's when he's watching. Uh-huh. When he pays attention. Well, yeah, attention. When, yeah, when he goes out and back and he comes the floors and he realizes that he's grown like one or two floors every day, but then he doesn't go out in three days or he's away or something and he then he goes back or goes out again. 
in three days after, and it doesn't it hasn't grown up grown at all. It's the same it's the same size the last time he checked. What do you think that means? I You observed it, it's yeah, stuck in your mind. It. I don't know why but um Time, time goes by only when he's aware of it because he can't communicate with anyone he doesn't have any social interaction almost any social interaction so it's like time, time is not go passing by he's stuck where he is he doesn't even that's, have a watch or a that's why he doesn't have a watch or a calendar exactly yeah so only when he's aware of it the tower keeps building do you think it could be a question of faith? Could be. I'm not sure. I have. I. I. I have to think more about this. <laughs> I think I, I, it, it's the beauty. The beauty of uh, observing literature and, and, and asking what you think about what it means it means there is no wrong answer. Yeah. It's what yeah. it means to you. I don't think it's a question of faith. Uh, yeah. I just wanted to see what you would say. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think, for me, for me, it, it felt a bit like um, the author was trying to sort of hint at the idea yeah. that reality, the reality that we are experiencing in the book, is not real. Yeah, it's almost like a yeah. construct that is it is driving this poor guy mad. But we, we we all agree what the tower refers to, right? Is Penises. The, is the Tower of Babel? <laughs> Yes, yes, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Because he said in, in, one, okay. in one point in the book, he says that there might be as many languages as people is yeah. in that city. Maybe exactly. nobody understands anybody, they just what a, what, And what a wonderful idea to think that every single person in that city speaks their own separate language. Yeah, That's what made yeah me they, don't, they don't seem to understand each other. That's what made me yeah, That's the only that, way that he's yeah. not alone in knowing that everyone else is individually alone. So is he rationalising it by, by making himself feel sane again or it, does he have a valid point? Could it, he, to be fair, he doesn't see a great deal of interaction between, between other people as well. They, they, just, about. they just walk through the street and yeah. push each other. It's describing an environment where a man is isolated to the point where he doesn't realise everyone around him is isolated. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe the author wanted to say that you don't need to understand each other, like you don't need to you don't need to communicate between you with words to be able to understand someone else or to understand feelings. Which is actually a very, very astute observation considering who we talked about in the book. His moments of most coalesced and clear connection with other people are not through language or communication, yeah. they are through physical movements or gestures. It's a good point. I consider this book an absolute must. Number one, if, if the dictionary. Not, the dictionary. Number two, <laughs> uh, the, the, the Football Metropole. Association rules. <laughs> uh, number three, wisdom. Uh, wisdom. <laughs> and those are plays. So, the author achieves his, his aim. His aim is to get you to experience the isolation. Is that a fair comment? It, it, yes. It's a very visceral book. Yeah. He asked you the question, what is to be human? Uh -huh. Because he is a human like all the other people, but he's not treated like them. He's not, he doesn't understand. He's not uh, pointed out. He's, he's no one. Yeah. He has no individuality. Yeah. Where do we find our identity as, as individuals? 
um, and he has all of that taken away from him. So yeah, and once once you have once you have your identity through your job removed, your financial status, your, your even your, your name, class, your name, uh, all of this is taken away. What's left? And uh, well, we find out at the end. Read the book and you'll hope. find out. Hope. <laughs> hope. Or false hope. Or false hope, yeah. So, um, I don't know, we would hope. But it's hope. <laughs> it has to be hope, doesn't it's it? It's hope. It, or hope, you say home. Home. Hope. 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 Because, because home has a theme in the book as well. There's home, but... Hope for hope. I think it was more like hope. a hopeful, hopeful end thing. Yep. So would you, uh, in summary then, would you recommend this book to uh, friends and colleagues? Yeah. People who necessarily might not have English as the first language. Would you say it's a book that is accessible yes. for, for, for people studying it? Yes, it's, it's easy to read. Yes. It's, not, it's not complicated like other things I've yeah, read. The complexity so, of the book is not in the language, it's in the topics. It's yeah. in the emotions. But they are universal themes, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. of course. So, okay. Uh, how many stars would you give it out of five? Four and a half. Four, Four and a half. half. Wow. I'm receiving my five stars for something that blows my mind up. Uh, Four stars. It's all right. It's all right. I'm introducing Dostoevsky next week. Oh, I give God. it four stars. Four stars. So four and a four and a half. I'd give it. I, I give it a straight out five. Ben, I wouldn't give any less. I'm all over that five point five. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, and and to finish, we have what we've been thoroughly enjoying this conversation. I have. I hope you have it too as well. Um, we've been enjoying a bulldog cocktail. How would you describe this uh, Mexican cocktail that you have been drinking, boys and girls? Refreshing. 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 Not as refreshing as the uh, not as refreshing <laughs> as the air fresh, which has been sprayed all over the place. <laughs> Awakening. 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 It's it's sharp. It's crisp. I'm, it's I'm fresh. not a fan of ginger. Uh huh. But. I, I enjoyed it. Gin. Gin, yeah. Okay. No, ginger is... Yeah, there's no ginger there in there. Yeah. Gin. 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 That's the full name, gin. Yeah. Gin is... No, gin is not made from ginger. Yeah, I know, but that's the, the name of the drink, gin. No. Well, the, the spirit, the spirit that's used yeah, in here. Yeah, that's what I mean. We believe there's this gin This is the most confusing the outro to <laughs> 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 Natalia, how would you describe the drink? It's very fresh. Yeah. Exotic, even. Exotic. Yeah. It's, it is a uh, vis- it is quite, visually, yeah, it's, it's, it's a work of art. Yeah. Uh, and Ben, uh, you you like me, you basically almost I've finished demolished yours. It. Yeah, I've it's demolished like it. liquid Mexico. Liquid, <laughs> liquid Mexico. Therefore, okay, so we're it's going so to um, we're going to bid you adieu. Thank you very much for listening. We hope that uh, our conversation has uh, inspired you to pick up a copy of Metropole. Um, I, I think it's fair to say you won't regret it. No. no, no. It's definitely an it's experience so, worth having. Uh, like you said, it's a must. And it's yeah. really yeah. cheap. It was really cheap. <laughs> <laughs> because, no one, because no one wants it. Because <laughs> exactly. no one wants was it. Was it easy to find? Was on it? Amazon. You, no, not in Spain. I had to find it on Amazon. Okay, yeah. You I can get, get it on the internet. Yeah, yeah, I had to get it shipped from... I don't know if it's in Spanish. I don't believe it is. I don't think you can get it in Spanish. Yes, I could. Yeah, I found it. You can get it in Spanish. I found it, yeah. It is kind of book. uh, Sometimes with books, I I do say to my students, I really don't care if you read it in English or Spanish. Just read it. Just read it. It's that kind of book. Get a copy. Read it. I have been proselytized by by Ben on this book. Ben is responsible for converting the population of Saragotha one person at a time to reading this book. It's worth it. Um, we're going to uh, sample some Mexican food now. Uh, thank you very much for your time, Natalia Ignacio, and being brave enough to uh, face the microphone to 
to express your opinions. You must do the same. Okay. Always a pleasure, never a chore. Okay, let's eat.